Now I want to get into the press. This is the Press Man Podcast. And I think it's one of the parts of the game now which is, is increasing, and that is pressing. We're talking about press man technique. The, again, you won't find this information anywhere in the whole world. This is the Press Man Podcast. Press, 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 press. Everybody wants to play press man. And we're going to try to put everything together in this particular phase of teaching our press man-to-man coverage. What is a full-court press? So we're going to try and have a look at the boys and their pressing and how they do it. This is the Press Man Podcast. And you watch the games on Saturday and Sunday and they talk about the press, press, press. All right, episode one of the Press Man Podcast. And I'm joined by a good friend of mine. I've been on his podcast even. He is the owner of the MASL2 franchise, Omaha Kings. Welcome, thank Manny you, John. Biel. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure, obviously, being a guest on your first episode. So thank you so much for having me. Um, I've known you for quite some time, and it's, it's a pleasure being here and, and being a guest for this. And I'm excited for this episode, and I'm excited for people to hear a little bit about the Omaha Kings and what we do and what we're trying to accomplish here. Well, I was pretty sure you'd say yes, yes. so that's, that's why I asked. <laughs> Always. Um, but so what we want to do here on on Pressman, just to break it down a little bit, we're trying to tell the stories okay. of the people in the Omaha community who are involved in the world of athletics, okay. be they athletes, owners of professional sports teams like yourself, um, even people in the media, um, because I think people honestly... You hear the story on the surface, but you don't know the people behind the story, right? So, and I'm, I'm always curious about who are these people? What do they do? What are they into? How do they live their lives? Where do they come from? That's where my curiosity lies. I think there's a lot of people out there who are interested in those sort of things. The, the biographical angle. It's true. It's very true. Uh, you know, a lot of the times people don't know their, their behinds or their stories that make him, you know, have their dreams or their what they're trying to accomplish for, for the next generations or, or for the community itself. And I think it's great that you're doing something like this because it needs to be heard, not just from myself, but from other owners and other players and other media people to see their stories. It's very cool. Very All cool. right, man. Let's get it going. Let's um, do it. So people can probably hear you have a little bit of an accent. <laughs> um, you are, you're not originally from the States. You're, uh, you're in Argentine. I'm an Argentine, Argentinian, whichever you people want to say, say. However you want to go. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, where, where did you grow up? Okay, so this is my story. Um, I am from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Um, it's a state. I'm from the province of Necochea. It's a small city on the coast. It's a, it's, a, it's on the beach. It's on the coast. So a lot of the, the professional teams go during the their off-seasons. They go in and train there and everything like that. So it's very cool to see as the... As a kid, I got to witness a lot of things. But I am from Necochea, um, born and raised. I came here um, in 1999. There was a civil crisis in Argentina where there was four to five presidents in one month. I know a lot of the people heard about this. Um, it was a civil crisis. It was big. And and my dad was a professional player over there. Uh, he played there for 20 years. But um, even if you're a professional player, sometimes um, you have to see what's best for your kids or their future. So my mom and dad... Um, took a risk and um, decided to um, 
take a, take a leap of faith and, and come to the United States and risk everything they have for us to have a future, right? It's the American dream. A lot of us come from different backgrounds. And first, it was this way. My dad uh, came here first. Uh, it was back in the day, you could get a passport. And as a tourist, come here for three months. Obviously, after three months, you become illegal or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, my dad came here first. It was a dishwasher at three different restaurants. It was at a Gem Steakhouse, Austin Steakhouse, and I believe the other one. I don't remember the other one, but he was at three different dishwashers, uh, restaurants, and managed in six months to get the money uh, for my brother, my mom, and I to come to the United States um, straight to Omaha. Um, you know, I was about 10 years old. So to me, it was, I didn't understand why we were doing the things we did. It was obviously an effect on our family because we left everybody behind to see what we can accomplish here. And, um, and this is why I do the things I do is because my mom and my dad are my idols and they raised me to be a person of care and to do things right. So, you know, when we moved to Omaha, we had a chance to go to Italy, Miami, or Omaha, and everybody goes, why Omaha? And I said, listen, at the end of the day, in Argentina, we had two houses. And the, the back house, my grandma rented it to a, a person, and the daughter lived in Omaha, and that's how we ended up in Omaha, right? Wow. And so, you know, and uh, my dad is the, the reason why the, the soccer knowledge and the soccer craziness is all about. Um, if you, you know, ask anybody about my dad, Carlos, Carlos Ville, he's a very respectful man, uh, very caring, and he cares about everything he does. Um, you know, he raised me to be this crazy Argentinian passionate guy that I am today. But the idea behind it was I grew up here, you know, you played sports here too as well. And it was very hard for my father to understand how much money it was to play club. You know, it was about $2,000. $2, and for my dad was a dishwasher, you know, in Argentina, you don't pay to play sports. It's free. And um, I just saw it. I learned it and I watched my dad work for me to play this sport that I loved and to make it to a professional level that we all want to achieve. But Sometimes it's not as simple as people make it to be. Right. And so my idea was behind it was to start something that a lot of the kids have hope to looking forward to. And that's where the Omaha Kings came into play. Um, I made it a little bit short on that part because there's a lot more to go in yeah. depth into this. But um, it all started because of my mom and dad uh, wanted my brother and I to have a better future. And... You know, you can make you can make it in this country, but it's up to you to do what you wanted to do. You know, and so here I am. I'm trying to learn their footsteps. I'm trying to learn from what they accomplish, and I'm trying to make them happy to say that they did the right thing as parents. So. I mean, that is like the quintessential immigrant story, yeah. right there. I mean, yeah. You know, you, you leave your home country that is in some form of turmoil, yeah, and and you come to the United States seeking some you know better life the yeah. dream as you said and uh, man that that's that's an amazing story and, and yeah. you, you killed one of my questions though <laughs> one of my questions was why did you come to omaha um but that is interesting that there was uh some sort of family connection yeah to 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 that but i one of the the big things i wanted to talk to you about was just what was it like growing up Ooh. with a father who was a professional athlete? I mean, were you were you moving around a lot? Were you going uh, a lot of different places? What was that like? So for me, it was a completely different experience. Um, for me, as a two-year-old, I, I got to be like the mascot of the team. So I got to get on the bus. I got to travel when he played for the different team three hours away. I got to be there for preseason, the whole preseason. So... You know, if they will sleep on, on hotels or whatever, I would sleep with the team, right? And then I would get up at 5 in the morning. 
as a two-year-old, my dad would take me out, watch him practice after practice. Then he would pr practice with me and teach me things. It was incredible. Um, I learned a lot from professionals, how to react and things, not even just on the game, because when you go away and there's also away fans, there's also things that you got to react and, and act a certain way as a professional. And it's been it's been incredible. And that's one thing I, I tell my dad and I look at him every day and I say, thank you for raising me the right way and teaching me things that a lot of kids don't have the opportunity to. And that's why I'm also doing the things that I'm doing today is because he taught me those things. I want to put it into perspective into our community so the kids that are growing up have the experience or the opportunity to be taught or to learn how to think or how to be a professional, not just on the field, but outside of it. So for me, it was the craziest experience ever, being in different cities, traveling, seeing when they lose, seeing how they react, when they fight, the trainers and everything. It's an amazing experience that made me today. Simple as that. Well, that I mean, that's so interesting because you don't you don't hear a lot from the kids of no. of professional athletes unless they become professional athletes themselves, which I would say a decent number of them do, yeah. but it, it's it's such a different lifestyle than just your average nine to five working oh. stiff. Like if you've got a dad who works in an office, like you know he's home every night for dinner. You take the family vacation once a year, yep. but for someone who has such a volatile lifestyle as a professional athlete does, I'm sure that takes a toll on on kids. And it's interesting to me that with that kind of life, you've stayed settled. In Omaha, you haven't like left and gone off and and you know tried your hand in a different city. What do you think has kept you anchored here? Um, I think the this is what I'm supposed to do. This is my call in life. Um, this is what the city needs. And could I left? Yeah, I could have. Um, I could have gone to Miami. I could have gone anywhere. But my parents brought me here, and I grew up here. And I know there's a need for what I'm doing. And it's not easy, like you said. It's, it's more than just doing this. It's also behind the scenes what people don't see. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm willing to take the risk to show people that this is meant to be here and the next generations are seeing it happen that their dream is possible, but it's not easy. You have to fight. You have to not give up. And at the end of the day, you know, just keep working hard because the American dream is still alive but you have to show it and you have to work for it. That's awesome. Okay, let's let's talk a little about about the Omaha Kings. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. So, so when did you get this idea to own an indoor soccer franchise? Where where did that even come from? So, that came from just growing up here, um watching teams start and fail. I mean, not just in soccer, in every elder sport and you know, I look back and I said, there's a lot of talent here. Why is it not happening? Well, I came up with this idea growing up here. Um, you know, I look around and I, I just thought about the leagues and I said, there's so much talent here. You know, we played outdoor together. We played in men's open leagues and stuff. But there's so much talent that after a while it goes to waste. Right. And so I'm like, well, what can I do to make a difference for players who understand that I'm here to stay and I'm here for them? Right. So I came up with this idea of I grew up here. So I know a lot of the players. And so I said, hey, you know, I'm going to start this. It's going to be super committed because I want to make a difference in what we do and and start grabbing players to show them that there's an outlet for not just semi-pro, but also professional soccer. And it's just if you don't want to play that, there's also local leagues, but there's an opportunity for 
for players to not waste their talent, especially in our community, because most of the time, most kids have to leave our community to go somewhere else. If not, it's Kansas City, it's not Minnesota or other countries. And why? When we have the market, when we have the community, it's not about like people think it's like, oh, my ego, it has to be me or only me. No, it's not about me. Like you have to show the structure, the process, and then the next generation sees it. And then they teach people, they teach people. And that's what, man, that's why we do it. You know, that's why I do it. And, and that's, that's it, man. It's pretty simple like that. But why did you want it specifically? I because mean, I wanted it- to show a pathway for the guys that there's an opportunity here. And, and not just that, like there's, there's talent, but the next generations need to understand that there is a way for them to make it here and not just waste talent. Like that's why I was doing it because there's a lot of kids that are, don't have hope or inspiration to saying they can make it a lot of kids when they're 18 if they're not pro then they they have this they get into this depression mode especially during covid I, I, during covid there's one a lot of mental health issues and you know i wanted to show kids that a young immigrant that you know came to this country can make it happen for other kids and it's needed there needs to be an outlet for them there needs to be inspirations and there needs to be someone that's willing to fight for them. And at the end of the day, it's about fighting for, for what's right. And that's why I'm doing it is because a lot of people come and go and then it hurts the market. It hurts the players and then no other teams are here. And so I started it from the bottom to show that we're here to stay. We started in the amateur divisions. We went, we did great. We started it right. We were four and four. We went to semi-pro M3 you know, and we were the national champions the first year ever, which it was incredible to see the guys work it. In the middle of M3, we went to M2 just to show the path that we're here to stay, right? From fourth to third to second division. As you're doing that, you're showing people in the city that you're here. You're not just here to make money, right? Because it's not about the money. That's one thing. It's not, right? It's about them. So at the time, you pay for the flights, you pay for their food. You're doing something that they have an opportunity to do. And as an immigrant myself, they see somebody that cares. And to me, when I look at my dad, I look at my wife and I look at my mom is to show that I was raised the right way and that there's still people here that care for somebody, not just to use them, right? Because a lot of people do get used and that's real life. But to say that's that- That's the business of sports. Yeah, that's the business of sport. But I'm here as an owner, not as an owner, also as a player that was there, that I understand I've been in their shoes. There's also like, not just sports, there's also family things that go on wrong. And that I need to, they need to understand that there's somebody there that's willing to listen that's willing to listen, to make sure they go forward, that they achieve their goals in the, on the field, not just on the field, but outside of the field as well. Because it's, it goes a long way. There needs to be somebody out there that gives an inspiration to these kids to do better in life. And that's, that's the crux of it. Um, that, it's a very hard path <laughs> to take. It's, it's incredibly difficult. And it certainly would have been easier for you to go to work or try to go to work for an established organization. I mean, you, you probably would have had the credentials to get your foot in the door. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you played collegiate soccer. Yeah. You, you know, you come from a pedigree. So, that, I mean, does it really just go back to that, the way you were brought up and brought to this country, you know, um, on the backs of your father and, and washing dishes that it, it's an idea to just make something for yourself rather than to just have a job. So for me, it's, it's not something for myself. It all starts with a vision and a dream. Right. And, and so, um, 
for me in life in business is like you said it's not easy i could have done anything else and sometimes i look back and my wife the struggles the obstacles that we have and we're like you know is it worth it right sometimes and they're like no it's worth it you know you go to practice and you see the guy smile and push each other and stuff like practice and, and go give a hundred percent and for the community and city is worth it when i whenever i struggle i look at my father or i look at my mom because they've been there and they've been and when i look at my dad he has a remodeling business that he goes through stuff as well and so i i look at them and whenever i try to whenever something happens that you know we're humans and you try to you don't know if you can make it or not take a breather look at around you know i look at my father he's been he moved here when he was 35 and now you know he has his own business and you know he's been through obstacles and he showed me that you can make it you know and so it wasn't about me it was about showing what he taught me as a kid how to put it together and show the next generation that what he taught me is coming along and the next generation is seeing it so now it's about the players and the team because it's been two and a half years and they know the structure over and the passion the passion is there man i'm telling you, you go to practice is there <laughs> um the, the team is there it's just like you said it it's about you know not giving up and i look back whenever you ask that question is my father my father my mother um a lot of kids don't have the opportunity to have that and so whenever i had the opportunity to i want to show that and so yeah the question is i look back and it was the ways my father raised me to have the opportunity to be part of all these teams and to learn everything possible to be who i am today so it hasn't been smooth sailing even no. to get to this point um no. you and your wife natalie have have run this club at, through some tremendous challenges and no. i don't think that a lot of people who are going to hear this understand the the things that you guys have been through i mean the struggles with the arena which we will we will get to a little bit but the big one you had some really shady business partners that that made things incredibly difficult for you guys yeah i mean things got got pretty pretty bad the way i understand it yeah i mean did you do you care to explain any of that? Oh, uh, I, I would love to talk about it. I'm, as you know, I'm, I'm a person that's raw. I, I'm a person that likes to tell the truth. And this what, again, what, why am I doing what I'm doing today? Is because I like to be upfront with people. I like to be a person that, you know, I'm not a politician. I, I'm just a human being that's trying to do the right thing. So I say the way things are, right? And if I don't like something, it's not because I don't like it. It's because I see something that's not right, right? And so a lot of the things is... When you're young, I'm 33, I'm turning 34, you're young and you have ambition and you have passion. There's people out there, you know, that are money hungry and they will do whatever it takes to take advantage of that. My dad raised me the right way, so he raised me to treat people with respect. And I think a lot of it in this generation is not that way anymore. And so I ran into some obstacles of people, especially in the financial industry, um, that just take advantage of you and business plan or whatever the scenario is. And then they kind of just use you. Right. And then as an immigrant, you know, I just didn't believe in that either. I believe there's no way people are this way. Well, I was wrong. Uh, people are very shady. Um, I'm not putting, putting any names or anything, but people are very shady. So what I would tell people is if your friends are your true friends, they're going to be there no matter what. If your friends are not your true friends, you will see that you will see that happen and just keep everything to yourself 
because a lot of the times we as people get excited and we might say things to the wrong person and that might just lead into the wrong people and then you might just have an obstacle where like it happened to us where you get your business plan stolen you know they take life insurance under your family that shouldn't have happened you know that you get your expense of money taken away they didn't give you your money there's a lot of things that go wrong with it but as a person what do you do you try to figure it out you know things come your way you learn as a person it makes you grow that's one thing it makes you grow as a person and it teaches you if you belong in the market or not because as a business owner is very lonely it's very lonely <laughs> yeah you lose friends you lose things and then it's just a lot a lot of loneliness that people don't understand and I'm a very happy guy. I'm a really passionate guy. I'm a huggy person and everything. But the business teaches you how to be a different person too. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's because you try to be a strict or have a structure. They think of you as this person or you might be ignorant. But in the end, you're just trying to make it somewhere for everybody else. Right? And so not just that on top of that. There's been a lot of things with the arena as well. You know, as we got to finalize the deal last year, things didn't go through. I'm not sure why, uh, but, you know, um, we're, we're a month away from season and we had the dates from the arena. A business plan had to be rechanged, right? Had to restructure, restructure everything. We were freaking out. What do you do as a business? You figure it out. If you're meant to do this thing, you figure it out. You you take a breather, take a day to figure out because emotions happen. One thing is when something happened wrong, you, you kind of react a certain way and you want it to happen now. And that's one thing about it, our generations is we have to take a breather. Take a breather. Take it 24 hours. Figure it out. Things will fall in place if they're meant to be. And a lot of the times when I first started... I think I was a little bit like more stressed out, more paranoid about things around me. But as you go in life, you figure, you realize that you're meant to do this. And there will be people that come here, that will go here, that will try to mimic what you do. But it is irrelevant because they don't understand what goes behind it. It's not just the front end. It's also the back end. And as an immigrant, and as my, my wife is a female owner, right? Two young entrepreneurs married that is a dream. You know, it's also not easy as a married couple to work as a business, to have the work-life balance. And I'm telling you right now, if you want to get into business, it's not as easy as people think. <laughs> <laughs> you know this. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, just don't ever give up. People are always going to tell you what they want to tell you, right? They want to say, you should do it this way, this way, or this way. But at the end of the day, just keep doing what you're doing because there's a reason why you're succeeding. There's a reason why we're succeeding too. It's not because... We're rich because that's one thing we're not. <laughs> but we're showing people that you're able to do it without the money that people didn't think we could do it. And now that is something to, to show the next generations, not of just immigrants, any generation that doesn't have an inspiration to say, I, I shouldn't be here, but I am here today. And I'm showing you guys that I'm able to do it. And so that that is what I will tell a lot of the generations is you will get a lot of people as you succeed to bring you down ignore those people they're not meant for you they're not meant to be your friends they're just here to bring you down if anything ignore them and just keep pushing forward you will make it in life you will make it and you're not alone a lot of the things too is depression when that happens as a business owner you get down because you don't understand why the things are happening you know so you're not alone talk to somebody talk to somebody because depression mental health is real people will try to make you think you're doing something wrong like when you're not, they're just doing it because it's something different. It's something unique that I know I could do. So they will try to tell you everything you can that you're not doing it right. 
Just keep doing what you're doing. Believe in yourself. Believe. Believe and you will make it. But do the right things and do what's right. So amid all those those challenges, you had a significant sum of money essentially taken from you. You you almost didn't have a place for your team to play. Oh. Yeah. You you got the challenges of trying to meet a payroll with yeah. with players. And more um, away games. Traveling. <laughs> COVID and all the high prices going up again. Was there I mean, did that doubt ever start to creep in? Like maybe this isn't gonna work. Um the doubt of me the doubt there was never a doubt of me knowing that I could do this. There was a doubt knowing of it's not just about me anymore. It's about there's also politics involved, right? And so I don't like to get involved in politics. I I'm involved in my sport. I don't bring politics into the sport. That's just how I grew up. And yeah, there was a time where after the season happened where everything it was like weird. It was a weird energy around. And I just didn't understand why now they looked at each other and we had everything. All the players, we were a month away from season. We didn't have the dates. We had the arena dates, but we didn't have the arena anymore. I looked at it and I said, you know, what are we going to do? Because as business owners, you figure, and and listen, I, I'm just being honest with you guys because here you're going to hear a lot of owners that act like they have it all together. I want to be different and I want people to understand that I, I'm trying to tell people how the obstacles and how to figure it out, right? And so it was very hard, man. Like I looked at each other and I said, are we going to make it? And we sat down as a meeting and I said, hey, here's where we're at. At the end of the day, we have amazing people behind our backs that know that saw what was happening, that realized that they need, we needed their help, right? And they stepped up and they're making this season happen. You know, we lost four players, Sebastian Contreras, Ali Sodal, Heiner House, Josue Mason. All those four players went to first division, so M1 and then Nisa. And we were supposed to be in this type of year not knowing where we're at. Incredible season. Um, it's been a really hard year, but the guys, man, they have made it so much better. Excuse me, because like this is raw, who I am. But they have made it so much better to keep this going. So it, sh- it shows when you're normal, when you're in their shoes, when you've been in their shoes, that they understand you. Because when you see it on the field, oh, man. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's the love of the game. Yeah. It is. It's a culture. Yeah. So sorry, but no, this is real, you know? That's, like that's, that's like I said, it's real, real stuff right here. You know, people, people don't understand that. These kids, when they believe on somebody, there's no stopping them. There's no stopping them. And you said early on that we have the community, right? What What is the soccer community in Omaha hungry for? I think it's hungry for somebody to is willing to give everything they have for his community and for his local players. Um, I think is is to show that someone will fight for to stay here and to do what's right um there's so much there's so much soccer community here but you know not everybody's together and that's my problem is if we're doing it for the right reason then we should be together because i grew i might not be born and raised in omaha 
But I'm more American than Argentinian because I live more in America than I did in Argentinian. But my passion, my culture, my the, the culture that I have is soccer because I am Argentinian. And, you know, I just... It's just... Um, it's crazy, but I lost a little thought because I got a little emotional, so I apologize on that. On that but. <laughs> well, that's the passion. Yeah, that's, I know. That's it's... where the passion comes in. So at, at this point, um, you, you know, two and a half years in, you've you've won the uh, national championship yeah. in M3. You've moved up to the next division. Um, the, the team's playing really well this Amazing. season. Amazing. You guys are right in the thick of it. I mean... What what you've had success? You yes, know, you it it's been successful by, by most measures. But what do you wish you knew at the beginning that you know now? What what would you tell Manny two and a half years ago when this thing was starting? Um, take a breather. You know, sometimes step by step. You know, as young kids, we want it now. Like I said earlier, and this is something that I learned is that you push it to have it right now, and then it it takes so much energy. Right. And so it's take your step, take your time. Everything falls into place if it's meant to be. And so from my perspective is we grew a lot, a lot fast is because we're local. People know us and we have a lot of local players, but it's also a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, it, it takes a lot of work, you know, not just from the front end. It's just two people doing a whole professional team, figuring out the flights, paying people, you know, and, so that's that's what I have to tell people is just take a breather, man. Take a breather. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy it because, you know, you might be there next year, you might not. And you might be higher than that next year. But the moment is what you got to enjoy. Sit down, look around you, and see where you started until where you're at today. And whenever you feel like you're not going forward, go back and look where you started. Because sometimes we're like, man. I know we're going forward, but are we going forward? And then I look at it and I say, no, we're going forward. Look where we started. Look where we're at today. Look at our players. Look what we accomplished. And and our name is getting out there, not just in our city, nationwide, internationally wide. We're all over Brazil, Argentina, in Spain, everywhere. Like people are calling me for players from futsal players, professional and other players because they hear my story. They say, I love your story, how you've, you were a player and you understand to be in our shoes. And, and it's crazy because you hear stories, crazy stories in every sport. And I understand it, but we also got to be humans. It can't, we're not Robocops. We have families. We have kids. Like, there's emotions involved in everything. Like, so there's something to learn from everything, not just as a business owner, but I also learn from my players as well because they teach me a lot, just like I teach them. Like, I was talking to Marilla today. Marilla really one of our best players. We went to the gym. I said... It's incredible to see your growth and to see how all our players act and react. And he said, likewise, it's so cool to see how we started and how you started and how you're becoming. Like, it's just not just a sport. It's also life. It's a friendship. Right. It becomes something different. It's family. Yeah. It, it, it's also about perspective, right? right. Like, when, when, we, when you and I talk about the hard work that we have to do, it's not washing dishes for a minimum wage to try and move your family to Argentina. In my case, I'm not out busting my back on a horse, pushing cattle across the open range like my father did. Like, it's hard work, sure. Like, yeah. the things we do are, are taxing. 
but our parents come from something different. So you yeah. got to keep that perspective. Always. And like I said, it's, it's look back. And so, and like I work, I help my dad, you know, whenever I, I like try to get away from my business because sometimes you need to get away and do something else. I go back and I, I watch my dad do work. I watch how he does it. I watch how he handles his work. Cause then it teaches me a lot about the old school generation, how they used to do things. And it makes me humble again. Because sometimes you're in this market, in this United States market, so fast-paced that you don't sit down and say, oh, take a breather. And then I look at my daddy. He's old school, right? And he does things, and he views things differently. And that's why it's so crazy to think. I think we need siesta. Yeah, oh, I'm all in for that. <laughs> give me give me some asado, some meat, and I'll take another <laughs> nap with you, man. Come on now. No, but like I said, my dad, my mom and dad. My mom works at Latino Center of the Millions in South Omaha for a nonprofit for 19 years. So they're doing something unique for our community, not just on the field, but outside of the field to help the people. And that's what I want to do is I want people to understand that I'm not here for myself because we work a lot, but I'm here to show people that I'm here to, to give a pathway, to give an opportunity to talk to somebody, to learn from myself. And that's what I'm here to do is there, there is hope. There's hope, but it's all depends on who you talk to. Just I'm one phone call away. I'm human. I'm normal. Uh, what are the parts about owning a professional sports franchise that are harder than you thought they'd be? Well, first of all, a lot of us do with getting sponsors. And a lot of the time I started during COVID. So that was a little bit tough. Um, but a lot of it has to get the structure of the players because it's getting the mindset of players to think how you want them to think. And a lot of the generations and a lot of different cultures might take it differently. So it's making sure they understand that it might not be the first, second week they understand it, but it takes a little time and that the vision's there, right? Because a lot of guys, if you say something or, or act a certain way, not everybody takes it the same way, right? Until they understand the vision behind it. And so that was probably my biggest thing is making our players, local players, understand that it's not just going to a league 10 minutes before the game or before the game. It's a structure, showing up, stretching, being on time where you're not getting paid or certain things that they've never been part of. And I think that was probably the biggest one is that I had a lot of friends too. And uh, a lot of friends need to understand that it took him a lot to understand the different side of the friendship and business and everything. And I think it took a little bit, but right now you're seeing the fruits and the flavors of what we have. Um, and the guys are just riding, they're going with it, man. They're just, they're making our city, our, our state, they're representing everything so well. And just 95% of our players are local, which is incredible coming from local leagues that we play with. We play with half of those yeah. guys. You're watching them play now and getting paid. You're, you're traveling. And they're that was the vision behind it. That was a, the, the vision. You see, I'm Hispanic. <laughs> the, the, the vision. <laughs> but that was the vision behind it. It was getting them to understand, to commit to this. Yeah, I think you mentioned him earlier, but Ali Sodal's cool. story is, is just particularly cool. I mean... He's a guy who was playing in essentially a rec league in Omaha, dominating that rec league. Killing it. And then he's playing two games a week in two different rec leagues, actually. (laughs) Um, But he comes to play for you, and now he's on a pro contract in Kansas City. I mean, what can you say about the journey with Ali Soto? So, actually, I talk to him every day still. Obviously, he's close. He's like a brother to me. Um, But Ali told me this like two weeks ago. He goes... Manny, you, you made this possible for me, you know? And sometimes when we first started, I think it was hard to see the vision, right? Because it's first starting. 
But as it got through, um, at least started, I mean, all the players started seeing it. I started seeing this, you already saw it on him, but I started seeing this different side of him too, staying apart how he was doing him through him too. And, you know, I, he got a trial with the Kansas City Comets, went for a week and that was all. He got signed to go to the Comets and now he's playing, he's been playing the last five games. Um, a refugee from Somalia that came here from another immigrant, believe on each other, put 100% into it, and now he's calling me saying thank you, and I say the same for, for representing our city, our, our team, our club the right way. And I'm telling you, like, just the fact that he told me that, saying if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. You know, the fact that you put your efforts with your wife to give us everything, it means a lot, you know, because sometimes you struggle and you don't get, they don't. you always get told something wrong, right? As a bit, but you never get told things when they're right. And it's really nice to hear from players to yeah. show their gratitude. The criticism is quicker than the compliment. Yeah, you yeah. know, exactly how you said it. So Ali's doing great. Um, that's, he's not the only one that's going to be probably heading out. There's going to be a lot of older guys. I'm telling you right now, they're, the way they're playing right now, the, the league wants us to go to a higher division already. But I'm here to show people that we're here to stay. I'm I'm going to commit to him too. Show the, that we're here to stay. Prove it. Do it right. And then in the future, right, is to go in one. So that's that, the goal. That's the goal is to that's take all, it all the that's way to the, the top. Goal. You want this city, this market belongs in the highest division there is. It belongs there. But I got to show people. I got to show our community that we're here to stay. Everybody here, there's been teams in everywhere that they've been hurt. People have been hurt. Our market's been hurt because of that. I want people to understand yeah. this kid is doing something so different. We got to believe in him. He's making us believe in him because he's still here. Three years later during COVID, all their business owners left. I and my wife, we committed 100%, put our whole life into it. If they don't believe something like this, then I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it's, it's, I mean, I'm just showing everything that came for people. But seriously, just that's the way it is. Yeah, you, know? you think about the professional sports teams that have come to this community. I know, right? You think about the Omaha Nighthawks and that league folding up its tents and, and leaving. Two years had, into it, was it two years? And then the uh, Omaha Vipers the were Omaha here? The Omaha Vipers, mm-hmm. the Omaha... I mean, the Omaha Flames, though, lasted quite a while. Yeah, but the Omaha Vipers, the whole story with this, Omaha Vipers, I was part of that. I was part of the organization. Oh, great. They were here three months and they folded. Great. It was amazing. Indoor. I learned from that. That's why I started this vision, too, is I got to experience a lot from the Omaha Vipers on an organization how not to do business. <laughs> right? So well, that, those lessons are probably as important as learning what to do. Yeah. That's why I'm doing it whole different backwards that they did it is because I'm learning how to I learn from people how they did it wrong and I'm showing people how they do it right. And I'm still learning. But the fact that we're here during COVID and still paying and doing what we're supposed to do is showing something. So what what's harder then, managing player and personnel, or managing the business? Um, the personnel, I feel like really, the, yeah, because well, there's just so many different personalities and like different cultures, right, and different attitudes. But I'm more, fr- I respect them and they respect me, so it's not like it's so hard. It's just uh, getting them to understand each year the obstacles and what indoor is all about because a lot of them come from outdoor and then knowing the runs the subbing the things that you have to do is frustrating at first and us to get into it it changes the way they do things you know and so that's 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 it that's that's it man that's pretty much it you know manny 
Thank you for telling your story. No, no problem, man. I appreciate you for having me. Hopefully everyone can keep watching the Omaha Kings, keep watching our local players. If anybody's local out there, any local players that are trying to try out to make their footwork, their skills better, um, even if you play outdoor, indoor is a huge opportunity for you to grow your strength, your speed, and your skill. So please reach out to me. I'm a, I'm a local owner that's here that deeply cares about everybody. I reach back out to every player that reached out to me. And, you know, the opportunity is here. Just don't give up. It's not just outdoor. It's also indoor, okay? So just, again, Omaha Kings are here to stay. We're here to make a difference. And just look out for us. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> so give it. Give us the website. Give us a way to get in touch with you. All right, you. so the website is www.omahakingsfc.com. If you see the website, my beautiful wife, Natalie Veal, made it. You know, she's amazing at what she does. You can also go to Facebook. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok, LinkedIn. You guys, we're everywhere. We're everywhere, not just in English, but in multiple languages. And we're here to stay. <laughs> All right. www.omahakingsfc.com. That's how you can get in touch with Manny if you have any questions or anything else that you want to say to him. No, no, yeah. You can also email me at email, Emmanuel at omahakingsfc.com. And again, just keep fighting. The, there's inspiration out there and there's hope thank you guys so much and i enjoy you john for having me here all right amazing episode well, you're not you're not done yet there's one thing oh, we're gonna shit. do here on press man to, to end every show it's called headliners i'm gonna give you some sports headlines and it's sort of like a word association <laughs> you just give me the first thing that comes to your mind That's, right oh man okay so there's gonna be some things in here that that maybe you you won't care about but we've got five today so the, the first one's a test to see if you're into it or not. Okay. Ready? Okay. So the first, our first headline in headliners today is this. Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington make weight for Saturday's grudge match at UFC 272. Manny Vio, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Blood, blood, blood mat. I don't know. There's blood a lot of, mat. Yeah. Blood mat. Are you into MMA? I do. No, actually, there's going to be probably someone that's going to be hurt this weekend from that from that fight because they were used to be best friends and now they're hate uh, each other. So You are into it. I am. I'm watching this fight. I've been showing Natalie all about it. She's like, what is going on? I'm like, no, they used to be in each other's corner. So uh, they used to be best friends. So I think there's going to be something... Uh, Something's going to be broken there, I feel like. Some knee flying coming out of there by, <laughs> by Jorge Masquerel. So... You know, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, blood in that match. All right. Now we get into a little bit about sports ownership. Okay. Our next headline, MLB Players Association starts $1 million fund for workers impacted by canceled games, MLB, to follow suit. Amazing. I mean, it's amazing. That's just great to do for all the all the people out there that are hurting for this stuff. But that's great. Is it? I mean, that's great to do. That. Amazing. I'll just put it as simple as that. Amazing, with capital. Amazing. All right. Our next headline: Dodgers part owner set for Chelsea bid. What What do you think about when you hear that? Um. Do you think about the Glazers owning Liverpool? That I think I, I just don't know how to put this word in perspective because I, I feel like a lot of the it's an American owner, right? A lot of them, oh, yeah, yeah. American owners are buying into European clubs, and so I feel like this will be more like, uh, like uh, how do I? I don't know how to put it because that's a tough one for me into baseball and to go in it, but interesting. interesting, interesting, right? More, more of an interesting topic. Well, you know, Chelsea's my team. Yeah, I know it, and then. 
what's happening right now. They're trying to sell the club, obviously, with this. And even Conor McGregor wants to buy the club. He Conor McGregor doesn't have enough money. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to put that fire out right away. Conor McGregor doesn't have near enough. There's been a $3 billion bid put in by a Swiss billionaire. Like Conor McGregor doesn't have $1 billion. That is so funny, though. He he totally tweeted all about that. He's like trying to get more press. No, about it, but that's not happening. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next headline, who should manage Man United? I can, I can say, um, I can put maybe Marcelo Bielsa in there. Mm. Now that he's no longer with Leeds United, I think uh, uh, someone like him, the way that he trains this team, the way that they are, I think he could be a good fit over there. Um, also, I feel like... Uh, Mauricio Pochettino could be a, a, that was a, the name I would bring up. Yeah, yeah. I, them two. I mean, obviously I'm Argentinian. I'm naming Argentinian <laughs> Argentinian coaches here, but I feel like Marcelo Bielsa with the players at Man United and the way that he plays, he could be a huge damage there. But you know, right. Diego Simeone could be a good opportunity there too. But he's with Atletico Madrid now, so. All right. Okay. And our final headline tonight. I know you're going to love this one. Benjamin Aguero, son of Sergio Aguero and grandson of Maradona. Training with Argentine club Tigre. Exciting. That is excitement right there. No, I actually know who you're talking about. They actually used to have a problem between Aguero and Maradona back in the day. And uh, this is very exciting to see the next generations of players come in. Uh, I'm exciting. Uh, exciting to see the next generations. There's a bright future in Argentina with the stars, you know. Um, in the next generation of players in Argentina, is just going to be unique. I'm as just, as just, long as he doesn't two-footed stomp any players from Chelsea, I, I think uh, we'll be okay. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, as Argentinians, we lose the ball. <laughs> we, we'll do whatever it takes to get it back. You played against me, and you know how crazy <laughs> I am. So if I lose the ball, hey, there's one thing that Marat taught me. If I lose the ball, like Marat taught me, treat the ball like your girlfriend, right? If you lose the ball, do whatever it, it takes to get it back. So if I have yeah. to two-foot you, <laughs> I just have to do that. Uh, I, I will say... I much liked you more as a teammate than an opponent. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it that way. But Manny VL, everybody, thank you so much for being guest number one on the Press Man No, podcast. thank you guys so much. And uh, you have a bright future ahead of you with this podcast. And I'm going to say goodbye like I always say goodbye myself. And this is how I do it. Are you ready? One, two, three. Ciao, 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 ciao. <laughs> Manny VL, everyone. That is episode one of the Press Man podcast. We got more of these coming up. I hope everyone enjoyed this one. What a great conversation we had here. What a great story. Thank you. I appreciate it so much, man.